I was driving down the freeway just the other day. listening to the just the other day, <laughs> listening to the radio, incensed by all the syncopation I was hearing. <laughs> okay. And then before I knew it, four beefy milk fed boys <laughs> fell off the back of a truck. Like like Iowan corn fed corn fed boys. They just fell off the back of Welcome back, everybody, to Rock Hard Caucus. Uh, it's uh, boys only today. This is Iowa's only men's, what was it? Men's politics podcast? Oh, uh, men's uh, rights politics podcast. No, not men, it it, was, not uh, men's rights. Uh, <laughs> one of those uh, uh, men's humor podcasts, men's humor. I believe, is what my friend yeah. referred to it as. Men's humor politics podcast. Mm-hmm. There's not enough of Remember those, that I think. Men's humor Twitter account that was really popular back like 10 years ago. <laughs> Vaguely, what was, um, what was the gist of it? It was just like basically just like Axe Body Spray promoted content. <laughs> basically, cool. I, I don't think it actually was sponsored by Axe Body Spray, but it was basically in their vein of like edgy, edgy men's humor. Yeah. Yep, talking about broads. Is Spike and, TV still around? I don't know. Yeah, I think it is, but I think I mostly play like Ninja Warrior. Yeah, and, cops like, reruns. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Stella and Natalie are not joining us today. Um, I guess congratulations are in order to our friend Stella. She just had a baby. Okay. <laughs> However, I heard you completed your okay. Pokedex last night. It's true, I did. I got all 400 <laughs> entries in the Paldea Regional Pokedex. Right. Uh, in Pokemon That's a Violet. Lot. That's more than one. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you can think of a baby as like a Pokemon. <laughs> no, congratulations, it Stella. No, it does. Single doesn't. stage. It does. It kind of does. It's more it of a stinks. gradual process, right? Yeah. You don't just reach yeah. a threshold and suddenly become a completely different thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I I, I joke around a lot, but congratulations, Stella. That's it's very cool. Yes, yeah. it is cool. It's very and scary to have a child in this day. Went and age well. And, it was. You know, it was. Yeah, it was apparently uh, could have been scarier, um, Mm -hmm. is what I've heard. (laughs) Yeah. From what she told us, uh, it was about 16 hours from when she arrived at the hospital to when the baby was born. So that's quite a day. It is. That's pretty scary, actually. Yeah. Even when everything goes well, it seems like a difficult experience. I think I played Stardew Valley for like 16 hours last weekend, (laughs) but that was, Yeah. yeah, this is more impressive, I guess. Physically, at least. Yeah. Yeah. We've all trained. All of us here have trained us to stay in the same location for 16 hours at a time. Yeah. So I think I think we all would be able to handle it as well as she did. Yeah, for sure. Easily. Yeah. And this is kind of like, I guess, a common thing. But the reason Natalie is not here today is because she went into something called sympathy labor. And she had kind of a sympathy uh, uh-huh. birth experience yesterday (laughs) so she's recuperating as well (laughs) well best wishes to her yeah congrats to both of them but uh perhaps (laughs) more importantly um congratulations to this podcast itself for winning again the little village best of the krandic best local podcast award of 2022 it's lonely at the top but here we are yeah Mm -hmm. faced some stiff competition this year but Edged him out in the end. <laughs> I don't think we really promoted it this year, did we? 
I didn't go super times. hard on it. I I tweeted yeah. it a few times and mentioned it on the show a couple yeah. times, but um, you know, what are some other podcasts in Iowa that we were even up against? There was a couple listed they, that were they listed a couple mentions this time, yeah, yeah, okay. which they did not do last year. So the first one is a show called Best Show Ever, which okay. I've been on once before. It's oh um, wow produced by the angler theater my employer <laughs> <laughs> cool and uh yeah ellie hoffmeyer is the host of that and um they have not released an episode since june <laughs> i got second <laughs> i guess <laughs> cool and then the other one listed i was not familiar with it's called aloe greens or no aloe aloe means green room hmm. aloe means green room mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I don't mean to shit on him by not saying what well, or them. I don't know who Allo Mean is. But anyway, I looked into it a little bit, and it's uh, it's some comedians in Cedar Rapids who do a podcast. Huh. I wonder if it's any good. Could be. Check them out. Chris Starman uh, and Austin we're pl- we're plugging them. <laughs> yeah, Allo Mean, if you're listening, I'll uh, come to your green room if you like. I'm, yeah. I'm not into stand-up comedy well, myself. Yeah. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I'll go on. I bet I'd have fun. I'll listen to a couple episodes, see what's up. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the episode now that we've got the uh, self-congratulations out of the way. Uh, I have an email here that I received on November 23rd that I've been waiting to uh, tell everyone about just to see if anything came of it before I I made it public knowledge. Are you due Uh, for an inheritance? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm quitting the show because I'm about to be a billionaire. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I got this email November 23rd, or rather the podcast got it. It came to uh, the email address associated with the uh, RSS feed of the show. Uh, Marie Incontrera sent this to us. I guess she is the CEO slash founder of Incontrera Consulting LLC. So she's some kind of consultant. And it goes like this. Good afternoon. I am writing to you on behalf of Rob Sand. Iowa's current state auditor and a champion of public service over (laughs) politics. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Praised by the Associated Press for a political brand that transcends party lines, Rob has abandoned politics as usual, opting instead to choose truth over personal attacks and kindness over partisan poison. I know you guys can't see me, but... Only I'm doing two a jerk off motion there. right now. <laughs> Being debated <laughs> in politics right now. <laughs> so that's how they so open the email. All boils down to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm almost done with the first paragraph. Uh, <laughs> Rob embodies the changes in politics that so many are searching for, and he is eager to share his message with your audience. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be happy to hear it, the people that <laughs> listen to this podcast. We'll, we'll hear him out. Yeah. We'll hear him out. You have to hear both sides. I've always yeah, said this. about that. That's one thing that Rob Sand is about, is about hearing both sides. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob's time in office has been more about public service than about political party. He honored his commitment to nonpartisan cooperation by keeping an independent and a Republican in senior leadership. And there's a link there to a uh, decoranewspapers.com. It's a link to Meat Spin. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, promoting, not firing employees who made campaign contributions to his political opponent. <laughs> so he's wow. rewarding people who tried to uh, get him out of office. Is that like supposed to like be like a sign of some kind of 
like impartial integrity or something, or it was right. just like a pushover. Christian, all this. Oh. Christian theology by turning <laughs> the other cheek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christ-like yeah. auditing. Be, be kind to your enemies. <laughs> Rob's career has always been about searching for truth, and this principle extends to his behavior in office. Rob defends the other party from unfair or untruthful attacks and has refused to stay silent along party lines, criticizing his own party when it was called for. And now that she mentions it, uh, I don't know which party he belongs to if I'm just reading this <laughs> <Yeah>. email. <laughs> I yeah, guess this kind of attitude just... is like why the Democratic Party in Iowa has no fucking teeth whatsoever, I think. Yeah. Like, I hate the reach across the aisle shit. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it never, it, it's nothing about it has ever appealed to me whatsoever. And I mean, I, I think it's, it just feels like one of those, like, feel good taglines that they'll affix to candidates to, make people feel you know otherwise well-meaning liberals to feel a little bit better about supporting them you know yeah for sure as if they needed another reason already but it's i don't know it's seems pointless especially with as vicious as the fucking republican party is yeah Yeah. and like the business as usual thing is like completely backwards like Mm -hmm. the style of politics that rob saying bodies is business as usual as has been practiced in this country for decades before you know, since like the, the 60s or whatever, like Joe Biden is pretty much a prime example of that, of being like both sides, like whatever about like the Senate, how like all the decorum, all that stuff matters so much and it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> it's yeah, counterproductive to well, and boring. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it serves its own uh, interests well, but it doesn't actually do anything that a normal person should appreciate or find good in any way. Yeah, it's Mm-mm. like Nancy Pelosi saying we need a strong Republican Party shit. Because, mm-hmm. mm. like, they're fucking ancient. But Rob Sand is too young to really, like, yeah. it's so calculated. Like, true. I don't know. Yeah. We're going to get into it, but he is so I, I just young. hate how that's, AstroTurf that's about him. his entire thing is. And it, the oh, unfortunate sure. thing is it's, like, a lot of people are buying into it who should probably know better <laughs> at this point <laughs> after 2016. Like, come on. Yeah. All right. So from like skimming the email, it never says explicitly that he is a Democrat, but <laughs> you can get it from context oh, clues. Um, this is a the end of uh, the second paragraph. Rob cautions his own party's activists to approach politics with kindness and persuasion, not <sighs> venom and public venting. <laughs> yeah, it's that's... Just, effective this this uh being a pussy this, cons- <laughs> this yeah. uh, consultant marie seems to have done uh zero research into who she was emailing <laughs> what do you think prompted this email like did you reach out to this person first or did you interact oh, with no, this person no. somehow online inadvertently or what do you what no this, this is pretty box? out of the blue yeah um <laughs> He seems to be making a little bit of like a, a PR push right now, trying to get on like various programs. Yeah, Rob oh, really? Sand is flush with cash, um, and I'm sure they just scraped like SoundCloud or whatever podcast providers for like podcasts that had like Iowa or like if whatever. They like Iowa I'm sure podcasts where they we sent should this be number one. Warm letter to like hundreds of podcasts. <laughs> our our competitors. <laughs> okay, so uh, when are we having him on? <laughs> yeah i mean it goes on but there's i don't need to read all of it you get the yeah, gist yeah. uh it's you know just more fluff. trying to sell rob to yeah to whoever will have him <laughs> which i would be glad to as i said in my reply to marie right here hello marie thanks so much for reaching out 
I am the producer of Rock Hard Caucus, a podcast about politics and culture in the state of Iowa. We'd be very interested in speaking with Rob. We also have no allegiance to a political party, and our listeners respect us for telling it like it is. (laughs) Uh, Our schedule is often erratic, as everyone involved with the podcast has jobs and busy lives. Let me know what info you'd need from us, and we can work on finding a time that works. It's reasonable. How much do you think he would charge it for an appearance fee? He he wouldn't do it for free, would he? Hey, well, we, we pay twenty dollars an hour. I would pay Listen, him twenty. We pay yeah. twenty dollars an hour wow. flat rate. That goes for anyone who wants to come on the podcast. Um, so if you're trying to make twenty dollars, if you're just sick of mowing your neighbor's lawns and you'd like to come on the podcast instead, yeah, we can zip into our Patreon uh, coffers. Perfect offer for like teens trying to make a little extra spending money. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I sent that on November 25th, and uh, I've heard nothing back. So I think it's safe Aww. to say that that's prob- probably not going to happen at this point. <laughs> yeah. His loss. They Yeah, then they made a spreadsheet of all the people who said yes, and then they vetted him, and then probably <laughs> went to a meeting with Rob Sand himself, where he's like, oh, yeah, I know these people. They've been uh, yeah. harassing me. <laughs> I don't know about harassing. I did kind of say some mean oh, stuff. Oh, I've been him. harassing him. <laughs> I, I, I kind of cooled off on it, but I mean, there's, I sent that video of like that dude farting to him a bunch of times and like, uh, you know, that one, uh, the one with like Wolverine, he's like holding like a big towel the towel, you know, and he yeah. Yeah, drops yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I sent him that a couple times. Yeah. yeah the classic. One. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I just, I don't know. I, I have no interest in like trying to think of anything snappy to say to people like him or like uh challenge any of the things that he's doing or thinking it's just a lot more fun for me to uh yeah just sort of fire a shot across the bow and go about my day <laughs> we're not all as cynical as chuck but we're about oh about i'm not there. cynical <laughs> well, <laughs> it's just about having fun i mean we do yeah i mean it is about i'm i'm an aloof dipshit i'm not cynical <laughs> just like a noxious cloud floating around i'm not really <laughs> <laughs> just breathe me in occasionally by accident and you know there's a smell and you know your eyes kind of water a little bit so yeah i mean chuck you say that like that uh reaching across the aisle kind of like mm-hmm. oh uh uh principles over party partisanship thing you say that it, it doesn't appeal to you at all you think it's bullshit and stuff but i mean rob sand is the only democrat who won in iowa basically <laughs> he I wonder is why. the only democrat who won in iowa well a couple reasons <laughs> oh yeah i guess it's a winning formula then right well um a lot of liberals in iowa have convinced themselves that it's a winning formula but his formula has a lot of things that are kind of hard to obtain such as like a lot of family money like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the amount of money that he spent is like i looked at like minnesota auditor race and uh-huh. missouri auditor race because those are states that are bigger than us sure and yeah. they're even in minnesota it was like pretty highly contested because there's this whole thing where like uh. there's these like s- standards <laughs> for like um I can't remember exactly what it had to do with, but it was like something that the auditor's office was involved in that a lot of people were saying is like critical race theory or like it was just like some lefty development stuff that people were pissed off about. But uh, yeah, they didn't spend, they spent like 200 some thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, Missouri, they actually flipped uh, the incumbent who was a Democrat, the only, only statewide uh, Democrat in Missouri hmm. did not run. And then, the Republican like beat the guy who did win by like 15 points or something. And I think the Democrat raised like $20,000 and then the 
Republican raised like $900,000. Well, that's about how much Rob Sand had on hand. He had about a million dollars in in May. And then from October 15th until the day before the election, spent $700,000 on TV buys. (laughs) Like that office Uh, ad? The office ad, yeah. And like most every major metropolitan area in Iowa. Wow. Um, and also, his Republican opponent was not campaigning, uh, was not Kim Reynolds' choice for right. auditor, somehow won the primary. We don't, I don't know a lot about him, but we couldn't really find out a lot about him because we uh, talked about the auditor race on the podcast and ran the ads that, that Rob Sand had run. Um, yeah, and but, Todd Halber had basically nothing out there. Yeah, he had raised like $20,000 and spent $20,000, which was not on ads. It was probably just... Uh, you know, whatever signs. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Sign so budget like, for sure. Like Kim Reynolds, um, her her choice for auditor lost the primary to Todd Halber, and then so the state party basically played no role in this race. They played like, no role. They don't like Todd Halber for some reason. I didn't really look much into it either, and so they gave him n- basically no support at all. Yeah, and going back, that's how Ron- Rob won in twenty eighteen as well. He <laughs> had a ton of money. If you look at who actually contributed to his campaign. This is 2022, but his wife, uh, Christine Sand, $400,000, 391. Damn. Uh, Rob, Rob Sand himself, $112,797. Nixon Lordson, $100,000. Um, that's his father-in-law. That's right? his father-in-law, and that's most likely where most of his wife's money is also originated from. Probably. I would <laughs> guess. Safe, I mean, safe guess, I think. Uh, also, Lordson. I mean, we've talked about this, I think but I've Lordson, seen that name yeah. <laughs> if you live in central Iowa, you are probably familiar with the Lordson name from the skate park, the amphitheater, the uh, opera uh, house. Like, they put their name on everything. He's made a lot of money doing some sort of. Um, agriculture technology firm i'm not exactly sure what they do but it's related to agriculture it's very iowa sure (laughs) so um but then just going down uh there's two other like his i assume his stepmom um not stepmom (laughs) what am i talking about (laughs) uh i don't know nancy lordson uh anyway law yeah so so most of the money that rob sand raised was directly through his family connections which was true in 2018 and is true here and in both contests he outraised and outspent his opponents by at least a factor of 10 times but like (laughs) in this last race like it's absurd how much more money he spent compared to his republican opponent who again like literally did not appear to campaign he was in the debate which no one watched auditor debate (laughs) that was exciting yeah auditor debate Yeah. Who so, even hosted that? Like a library? <laughs> it's it's just f- frustrating to me to see all these people saying that the Rob Sand phenomenon is very organic. And there's all these election people on Twitter who are like saying like, oh, Iowa Democrats need to follow Rob Sand's example of how to win, <laughs> which is like, it's absurd. Have <laughs> family money. Uh-huh. Have family money. Uh get favorable coverage in the New York Times is like a kingmaker. That's a whole nother mm-hmm. thing, that New York Times article where he went up to a, a deer stand <laughs> to hunt deer with the New York Times journalist. Yeah, Iowa's bow hunting influencer or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he's an yeah. influencer, yeah. Jesus. So he's like very intent on pursuing higher office. And, you know, his ads are also talk a lot about how he's like good at his job, which is like maybe true, but like 
doesn't really matter if he's good at his job, really. In elections in this day and age, it's like the perception is reality. I mean, I think we were to mm-hmm. that point where it's like maybe he's good at his job, but he's definitely good at promoting that he's good at his job. Right, you know, yeah. like that's what really uh-huh. matters. And he definitely promotes that a lot. And he's been involved in some high profile cases. But again, like he's obviously has higher aspirations than being the auditor in the state of Iowa. And yeah. uh, I, I actually got an email from Rob Sand today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Personally? Yeah. yeah, it says my name in it. So. <laughs> cool. <laughs> wow. Uh, it says, uh, fighting for the little guy. Oh, um, God. <laughs> ser- serving as state auditor sometimes means going head-to-head with powerful players and political insiders, Evan. It means standing <laughs> up for the little guy by holding elected officials accountable and making sure everyone is playing by the sim- same rules. Batman fights crime. Superman fights supervillains. Me, I fight against wasteful government <laughs> spending and corrupt insiders. I love superheroes. Ugh. He's basically like the great man theology or like uh, theory being applied in real life and like making it about himself. <laughs> yeah, and we know things are s- systemic. <laughs> like, and Rob Sand is just one guy who has build himself as literally comparing himself to superman and batman that's like, wild yeah <laughs> it's insane uh taxpayers watchdog role might not seem as flashy but it's no less important because i wouldn't deserve to know there's someone making sure their tax dollars are widely spent looking for the bucks am i right oh. like the deer that you shoot Good and also one, yeah. the uh-huh. money that you spend He's, yeah he pushes that one a lot there's t-shirts that say that uh, will you stand with me against the forces of fraud and wasteful spending by chipping in twenty five dollars, no, so we can continue striving fraud. for more accountability and transparency <laughs> in our government? He's not even. I have not gotten any of these emails from any other Iowa candidates. I've been inundated with emails uh, after the election. I have not gotten anything from Iowa candidates other than Rob Sand, who's apparently really banking on again just being like the most prominent Democrat from Iowa and. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's a lot of factors involved, too. I think some people who are not partisan inclined probably, like, there's something to be said. Some people like to vote, like, oh, we need to vote for a Democrat for auditor because every other state... As a balanced thing. Yeah. So it's like, he, the watchdog shit that he talks about. <laughs> yeah. I can see maybe so some tired fucking hypothetical swing voters are going are gonna to maybe be like persuaded by that but his victory over this todd halber guy is like really not something that you should extrapolate any greater thing from other than he like outspent him a lot had the incumbent advantage had basically every advantage in the race by far yeah every every advantage other than it being like a a republican a republican midterm midterm yeah yeah, a wave in Iowa for sure. Um, do we, have we actually mentioned the results of the auditor's race? Like uh, how many no. votes he got? Because it was <laughs> extremely close, and yeah, it took it, several days or maybe even a couple weeks before they finally decided. Like, yes, Rob Sand won. Yeah, it was razor thin. Percentage wise, um, it was fifty point one percent to forty nine point nine percent. Damn, it's like yeah. three thousand votes apart. <laughs> What's the right. conversion rate on that? The dollars per per vote on the uh, the margin <laughs> yeah. of victory there more than a dollar yeah. per vote. <laughs> um, 
uh, more that's not even i'm only talking about like i could have looked into his like previous things but he didn't really start spending a lot of money until the very end mm-hmm. so i'm sure he spent more and some of it obviously went to consultants or uh whoever else but uh either way yeah just given just from october 15th that's over a dollar per person in the state of iowa wow or not in the state of iowa but the amount of people who voted for him mm-hmm. that's a pretty good deal a dollar per person <laughs> yeah I, w- I wish I would have. They would have just given it to me directly. <laughs> um, but yeah, some people are drawing some interesting conclusions from that. Like I found this tweet from, um, I don't even know if I really need to say who it's from. It's not anyone that you would know. I'm not going to like drag some yeah, small account. They have 142 followers. Not yeah. like a huge name or anything. Anyway, they made a chart that basically extrapolates Rob Sands' victory Um basically looking at the margin of victory that he had and how much he outperformed the different congressional candidates. And basically, if you look at Rob Sands data and you extrapolate it out, then Iowa w- or Democrats win three out of four congressional districts, which is again, like absurd to you're, you're looking at like two data points, basically like the amount that Rob Sand won by, like again, that we've provided context for and then like stripping all that context and then just applying like a numeric or numeric formula to all the other races like it this is like some political science major (laughs) bullshit like follow the data david shore (laughs) just obnoxious stuff and like a lot of seems like a lot of the influential people are buying into the idea that rob sands victory is some sort of again it's like blueprint to follow and it's yeah are, are there do you think like setting aside like superficial stuff like identity kind of stuff are there like significant differences between the way that rob sand campaigns versus like cindy axney who lost <laughs> no i mean not really they're I mean, basically rob... aiming at the same kind of people right yeah yeah i would say so i mean i think rob's considering the job that he's running for is got a little bit different, you know, saying that he can keep an eye on the Republicans or, or whatever, which is, doesn't as much apply to a congressional seat, yeah. Yeah, seat. So I think misogyny plays a big role too. I, it plays some <laughs> role, certainly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we're going to also going to talk about the, the caucuses being moved, but uh, Rob Sand is also latched on to, Iowa being the first in the nation. Um, again, I mm-hmm. think this is yeah, mostly yeah. because he wants to have national attention. He wants to be seen as like a kingmaker. He wants to be seen as the only viable Democrat in Iowa who can endorse or, or you know, have influence over national Democratic yeah. politics. That, that would make him so important in in a caucus here if he's the only elected right. Democrat. He would be like right. a James Clyburn of Iowa. <laughs> right. And he's been just, again, like, building up name recognition like like if after you take out the money and the name recognition and the incumbency like it's really hard to <laughs> extrapolate any anything from that i know repeat that but anyway yeah. um he made a tweet as i always say no one does a better job of testing candidates than iowans winning here might be hard work but i don't think it is good for a party or a country to shy away from hard work <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> fuck you. Man. That's what work sets you free. That's yeah, what you heard uh-huh. from Rob Sand. 
<laughs> That's the lesson to be learned for Democratic presidential candidates is work will set you free here in Iowa. <laughs> it's also just gibberish. Like, doesn't mean it's just. Yeah, no, like, what? why are we, like, uh, particularly well-equipped to, like, test candidates better than any other state? Like, it doesn't make any sense. That's just the myth that's been built up over like fifty years, you know. About yeah, it's it's myth making. After Jimmy Carter won, um, before we move off of this, Rob Sand and this uh, tweet from a small account that we don't want to uh, pile on too much. I I really like the way that they phrase this, uh, the way that they like um, captioned this chart that they made. Uh, twenty twenty two U.S. House of Representatives elections in Iowa. If Rob Sand splits himself into four. <laughs> <laughs> four Very horses scientific. with uh, one like, rope tied to each limb <laughs> this just ir- like the whole like poll thing is just like the Nate Silver bullshit we've again talked about this on the podcast before but it's just so irritating because it just treats yeah. like the polls as like static things that like are unchangeable or are like completely representative of whatever population they're claiming to sample yeah and it's when we just, called the elections pretty accurately, just uh, off of gut feeling yeah, and watching feeling, their yeah. stupid ads. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Did I ever tell you guys uh, what video it was I saw that made me realize that Trump was going to win? Uh, you what told me that? I don't, I don't uh, remember specifically. It was a, a video that was going around on Facebook, and I was kind of like shocked by, uh, I mean, maybe it was a little naive, but I was shocked by how many positive interactions it had. But it's a video of a guy... It, it's like his uh, like his outdoor security camera in his front yard. And he had like booby trapped his Trump sign. And like, <laughs> uh, so it was like electrocuting people and like cutting their hands up. And like, uh, there's like a snare on the ground they would trip and fall on. And like, I was watching the video <laughs> and like reading the comments. And I was like, this, this is it. Like, <laughs> this guy's going to fucking win. <laughs> like, these people love this shit. And like, there are many many people who will never see this they would obviously think it was very good too and like these people feel like they're like at war with the other mm-hmm. side and like they're going to win and like this is a like a struggle that they're going to overcome and everything that's all you have to right. do is just look at look at videos on the computer and you can tell what's <laughs> going to happen you have to read right. the comments though too yeah absolutely yeah you got yeah it. and like the the rob sand thing is kind of like a backlash to that like they you know, like, well, in the Cindy Axney ad that we saw to you that was like extremists on both sides or mm-hmm. like warping yeah. whatever the discourse or whatever. Extremists like uh, suspend the elections so Trump can be king versus like, <laughs> um, hey, we should uh, try not to, we should try to like hamper global warming a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Those and are it's extremists. easy to campaign Equally. against extremists, but it's like, again, you're not actually addressing the reason why there's uh extremists true and that is that the, yeah, the middle, middle cannot hold <laughs> like yeah the... li- liberalism is a disease <laughs> <laughs> ben saying this um yeah uh you know i i like the idea of cutting rob's hand into four pieces but why stop there <laughs> why not cut him into like 200 pieces have him run for every single office in the state right jesus deci- de- divided a single piece of bread or a single loaf of bread for <laughs> what mm-hmm. yeah it's why not keep keep a piece of rob sand in every county of the state spread him thin and he he will <laughs> win every democratic primary for all of the state senate seats and all that 
and then that's that's our way back. Imagining a cloning lab, blue Iowa, with like those like vertical glass tanks, and there's just like f- like beyond the eye can see of uh, <laughs> just like little like naked Rob Sand embryos in every single tank. It's like a big <laughs> big screen monitoring their vitals. Yeah, and then you Soon. know maybe like twenty twenty eight, he can like run for vice president under Pete Buttigieg. Um, <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> will have served as vice president under Joe Biden's second term by that point. <laughs> uh, All right, let's talk about the caucus. The the death of the Iowa caucus at, as it used to be. Um, this is a Des Moines Register article by Brianne Pfaffensteel, our old friend, and uh, Francesca Chambers, who I do not have a personal beef with. Uh, this came out on December 2nd, and this is them writing about the changes that the National Democratic Party is making to their primary schedule. Democrats voted to make history on Friday by emphasizing and elevating black voices in the early days of the presidential nominating process, creating a seismic shift in the way America chooses its leaders. To me, they're editorializing a little bit in the first sentence. (laughs) Uh, I would say so. (laughs) A little bit. Uh, Iowa will no longer host its first-in-the-nation caucuses under the plan put forward by President Joe Biden and approved by the DNC's Rules and Bylaws Committee, ending a 50-year tradition. Instead, South Carolina, a state with a substantial black population that helped deliver the nomination to Biden in 2020, will lead an early voting window that will be significantly more diverse than in years past. Sounds like someone's salty about losing the state of Iowa. This is personal beef. That'd be pretty funny. (laughs) <laughs> just like gets bodied in the caucuses and fucking <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah. That, i think that's what it is more than anything they're they're trying to sell this as as like a uh a pro-black thing which like it, it is a good thing to like uh-huh you know way way uh black voters votes more than white in the primary i think that's fine like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we we owe it to them at this point right uh but it's it's more about the quid pope quid pro quo between joe biden and james clyburn right like and also biden would not be president now if not for the south carolina primary nope yeah it's it's ridiculous like like south carolina is any more representative of the country than iowa i think by many metrics it probably is less representative also is less likely to ever go for a democrat in the general election i mean it's not like it's i was likely either but that was one of the arguments that people were making it's like i was not a good it's not a good uh example because yeah like it's controlled by republicans well we voted for obama 10 years ago and south carolina hasn't voted for a democratic president since like the 70s i think yeah i don't think they even voted for bill clinton or anything yeah i mean it's a more conservative state that favors more conservative candidates, regardless of anything yeah. to do with diversity, which again is like the, the marketing reason why they're doing it. But when it comes down to it, it's like a favor to Jim Clyburn because he endorsed yeah. him in uh, 2020 endorsed by yeah. Clyburn, who is, I believe the only elected Democrat statewide in South Carolina. So they're right. like, seriously, not any, less red than we are (laughs) right i guess before we go further into this i want to state clearly my position on this i think it's good that we're losing first in the nation i think we should not have a caucus we should have a primary oh yeah uh but all of the reasons they are presenting to sort of sell this to the public and like uh promote like how the democratic party is like progressing so much like that's all bullshit this is just about them doing each other favors and 
you know, elevating mm-hmm. certain wings of the party, etc. I agree. So moving on to like, what are the rest of the early states? Nevada, New Hampshire, Georgia, and Michigan will follow South Carolina, a slate of states that the committee says will reflect the many pockets of diversity that make up the party's growing base. I think one of those states stands out among the crowd in terms of pockets of diversity. New Hampshire? Right. <laughs> <laughs> New Hampshire, I believe, is more white than Iowa. Yeah, I think so. There's a lot more money in New Hampshire, too. Yeah. Uh, and we'll g- get on to uh, some quotes from some national figures here. I'm so proud that we're going to hear from more voices, voices of those who simply yearn to be heard, to be seen. Said committee member Donna Brazil, a former acting chair of the DNC. The calendar is going to speak to all of us because we know that our role in this party and our role as Democrats and as Americans is to open doors. Uh, Donna Brazil, of course, is a black woman. Uh, also, formerly MSNBC anchor. Sorry, I got to break in here with a post-production editor's note. Donna Brazil was a CNN contributor, not MSNBC. Former right. chair of the DNC. Yeah, before that, she was the as they chair said, yeah, yeah. Um, like during the early Clinton years, I think. And... um. In her role as a, uh, an anchor on MSNBC, she's famous for leaking debate questions to Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yeah that went really again, well for like, her. <laughs> the primary, I mean, it's going to favor, like, South Carolina being the first. Again, it's like, if we really wanted this to be fair, we would just have a national primary <laughs> for the Democratic candidate. Oh, but yeah. then, yeah. it's like, it almost reminds me of, like, a reverse states' rights thing. Or it's like the same same sort of states' rights things. Like, we need to have, like these diverse pockets of geographical areas that vote. But it's again, it's like, it's so easily manipulated by the media circuits involved around it Uh and just the schedule itself and all this ideas of like momentum and all this stuff that it's like, if it's, they're acting like it's organic again, but it's like absolutely not an organic (laughs) process. And it's also not representative of like the will of the people as a whole in the country. No, no, no. But if it's spread out like this, both geographically and in terms of like how long it takes, that benefits the party and like the the candidates or like the people that the candidates pay for their campaigns. It, That's, this yeah. is all like, yeah, to keep a certain industry afloat, right? Like if you do it state by state, every state has like money poured into it to run the campaigns and shit. And if it takes longer, that benefits the media. They've got stuff to report on, and it benefits mm-hmm. the candidates because the media is reporting on them for longer. It's not organic. It's a money-generating uh, process here. Yeah, it's not about listening to the voices of <laughs> the people <laughs> in the state. I mean, it is maybe for, like, the two hours that you're in the voting booth, but, like, everything before that is, <laughs> mm-hmm. is about... It's about me- wringing as much as possible out of this... Yeah. Uh, sham. <laughs> uh, okay, the states have to certify by January 5th that they have made any necessary changes and will hold their primary on the date uh, prescribed by the committee. And um, so New Hampshire and Iowa have state laws that conflict with the schedule that the DNC has just mandated. Iowa state law says we have to have a caucus and it has to happen before any other contests. And New Hampshire state law says that they have to have a primary before anyone else has a primary. I this this has been a long time coming, I think, because why should the rest of the states give a fuck about Iowa and New Hampshire state laws when it comes to a party primary? 
Right. So now there's going to be a conflict between what the DNC is mandating and what the state laws say. And so far, the state parties are saying that they will comply with their state laws as opposed to the party rules, which means that they will be punished in some way (laughs) in, in the delegate counts. Yeah, I think the current rule is stripping half the delegates, but I think there's a bunch mm-hmm. of other things. Like, they can penalize candidates mm-hmm. who spend money in states that are going out of order. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if it actually yeah. <laughs> happens as scheduled by Iowa State law. I mean, I feel like they'll probably make some sort of uh, concession at some point and just accept. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the um, the penalties for this right now. There's uh, some language in here about uh, spankings, uh, timeout, uh, no, yeah. no Nintendo, I believe is what this says as well. Um, yeah, nasty business. Yeah. And that's, that's for the, uh, the candidates mm-hmm. because they've also, the party has said that the candidates are not allowed to actively right. campaign in any state that is violating the rules. So that's, that's who those spankings and everything is really going to come down hard on is the individual candidates. It's harder to spank a state. It is. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what'll happen with it again, but probably yeah, something just, stupid, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> My money's on something dumb. Yeah. I mean, and ultimately pointless. <laughs> like, are you really going to want to go to a caucus if your vote is going to count half as much as it did last time? <laughs> like like mm-hmm. I'm not going right, to participate yeah, yeah. in it if it's <laughs> I don't if even like caucus when my order. vote does count yeah, for a whole Yeah, I mean, vote. I might not participate anyway, but like, yeah. <laughs> depends, on, in the mail. depends yeah. on what the menu is, but you know. <laughs> yeah, it's worth saying at this point that it's only the Democrats who are uh, changing the schedule like this. The Republican Party is planning on keeping Iowa first, which Jeff Kaufman is very yes. happy about. And needling the Democrats about it. <laughs> which Same is with uh, Chuck Grassley. Funny. He's been... He's been poking at them he said um, they said that jeff kaufman wrote that uh piece that was like complaining that the democrats weren't fighting back hard enough to keep mm-hmm. the first in the nation which is pretty yeah. funny because they're they're pretty attached to it i mean they yeah i mean it's it's i think it's arguably more important for the democrats than the republicans it seems like that anyway like yeah I'd, they throw a lot of money at it uh, the proposal was met with appreciation by many of the committee members who praised it as a welcome step forward in complicated negotiations over how to evolve with the changing face of their party. And they follow this up with a quote immediately. So this is an example of the changing face of the party. The logistics of this window will be something we need to navigate as a committee, said committee co-chair Minion Moore. Minion, Minion Moore? Yes, it's uh, spelled M-I-N-Y-O-N, Minion Moore. Uh, cool. <laughs> but I, I agree with the president that this is a bold window that reflects the values of our party, and it is a window worth fighting for. So, changing face of the Democratic Party. This is a step forward. This is progress. Uh, all right, so Minion Moore, who was just quoted here. Uh, she was the White House Director of Political Affairs under Bill Clinton in 1999. Nice. Uh Director of the Office of Public Liaison for Bill Clinton in 1998. Oh, that's a tough <laughs> wow. time to hold that job. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, let's see. Governor Michael Dukakis's National Deputy Field Director, uh, Senior Political Consultant to the 2008 Hillary Rodham Clinton presidential campaign. <laughs> How soon we forget about that one? That was a real humdinger yeah. of a campaign. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, this is a cool one, though. She did work as an advisor to Jesse Jackson's presidential campaigns in 84 and 88. Wow. I mean, that was a lot longer ago than the other ones. <laughs> yeah. But a little, yeah. And that little, would have been a change in the Sticking your neck out a little party. bit. Yeah, yeah. That would have been a change. She was sticking yeah. her neck out a little bit, bye. For sure. Um, but yeah, I just, I just want to bring that up because, like, every example they give of, like, somebody who's praising this change as, like, a needed step forward, a change in the image of the democratic party finally representing it's the people who vote for them it's someone who is like closely tied to the clintons yeah i mean i don't think there's any argument you can say that like this new schedule doesn't favor more moderate candidates (laughs) like it's also like it would be totally fine if they were just like yeah i will fucked up and we're taking it away from them (laughs) like right (laughs) that's good of a justification you know (laughs) and i think people might appreciate the honesty too and it I mean, I think Bernie doing well here did not help them in the eyes of oh, the no. people who run the Democratic Party. Right. Uh, there's a leak schedule. I don't know who proposed it, but with Michigan as the first state, which is an interesting one because it's more diverse than Iowa and very diverse state, but also has a large activist segment and a lot of, you know, union or union families. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so that would have been an interesting one. Probably a pretty good bellwether for the you know Democratic Party as a whole. I mean, especially I given like the good. Hillary yeah. Clinton stuff, like maybe that would have been like a good choice for a first um, first spot, but uh, didn't didn't work out. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not who going won those with that primaries. Going... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who lost going in the, 20... <laughs> the schedule? handed down to them by Joe Biden. So this is what Joe Biden wants, which means it is returning the favor to James Clyburn of South Carolina. It's very clear oh, yeah. like why they're doing it this way. Oh yeah. Okay, so so on to like the individual states and what they represent in terms of like diversity. Okay, so this is quotes from the current DNC chair Jamie Harrison, who also is from South Carolina. So the person running the DNC right now is from South Carolina, and they're giving South Carolina the number one spot. It's just a coincidence, I think. <laughs> he is also an electoral failure. I think he's only actually run for office once, and he ran for Senate against Lindsey Graham and ate shit. And uh, aside from that one race, he's just been sort of like a party operative in some manner, like running the state party and shit. Uh, this is him quoted. South Carolina is a state where 40% of enslaved people came through the port of Charleston. 40% of enslaved people. You can go anywhere in this country, you talk to black folks, and I guarantee you they got a cousin in South Carolina. This is a place where the Civil War was started. So that's that's a point for South Carolina there. Is it's, it's got a long history of um, black people in America came through South Carolina. It's got a lot of roots for black people in America. Mm-hmm. But then he listed out the power of the other states and what they bring to the nominating process. Nevada, where Latinos have been building their political power and lifting their voices. That's valid, but I will say Nevada is also an undemocratic caucus. Mm -hmm. It's hard to vote in the primary in Nevada. Just as bad as it is here in Iowa. Mm -hmm. Next up, Michigan, the heartland where unions built the middle class. Not in just that state, but in the nation. And that's fine, but... What goes unmentioned there is Dearborn, Michigan, the city with the highest population of Muslim residents, I believe, in the country. So it's interesting to have that early, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. They also vote for Rashida Tlaib, who is, like, maybe the only good national figure in American politics at this point. Maybe the 
best of the squad, and also has successfully fended off several pretty aggressive campaigns to unseat her. Yeah. Uh, Georgia, where the phoenix of the New South has risen from the ashes of the Old South. <laughs> a new- the South did rise again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a little wow. flowery, uh, Mr. Harrison. Uh, a New South that is bold, that is inclusive, that is diverse, <laughs> reflecting all of our diverse and progressive values. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think if you say Georgia so, is... <laughs> yeah, maybe a better choice than South Carolina. Like they're trending more Democrat than South Carolina is. Uh, and New Hampshire, continuing the tradition, a great tradition here in America that small government is good government. Oh, small no. government by the people and for wah, the people. <laughs> so basically literally a, a confederate argument yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah this is the guy running the democratic party right now great i mean in in <laughs> on paper anyway jamie harrison is With the ass. chair of the dnc and the reason to keep new hampshire early in the process is, be, is because new hampshire is libertarian <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I just love that like talking about like all these like diverse diversity reasons to have all these states go first and then new hampshire the best you can come up with is like uh they're basic like they're republicans <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's tradition uh, i'm not sure if there's anything else from this oh you know there is some funny stuff in this article uh, as they continue with quotes Here's something from Chuck Grassley. Regardless of what the DNC says, I encourage the Iowa Democratic Party to move forward with its plan to follow Iowa law and hold Iowa's first-in-the-nation caucuses, just as the Republican Party of Iowa is doing. Iowa should not allow coastal headwinds to blow away <laughs> Iowa's first-in-the-nation <laughs> Also hilarious. Yeah, South yeah. Carolina. That's when people are talking about those coastal elites in Charleston. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kim Reynolds, this is an embedded tweet in the article. Democrats have abandoned rural America and denied everyday Iowans a voice in the presidential nominating Shut process. Up. <laughs> it's disappointing that there wasn't much of a debate, but that's what happens when a ruling elite gives orders from the top down. How long do you think that, that narrative is going to work for? Forever? Like, especially around here? <laughs> I've been hearing that since Maybe, I was a yeah. kid. You know, like, this distrust for urban, like, coastal areas or just, like feeling like you're being squashed by you know this like indefinable group of people no i think it's definable <laughs> <laughs> i think it works because there is some some like seed of reality in it that you know like that's where all the money and power is in the country is is over there and over there yeah, but we work so harder get... and we're nicer right we yeah, deserve that it. matters <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I love I love what she's saying. They're like, Iowans are being denied a voice in the presidential nominating process by taking away the first in the nation. Like, well, no, it's like really more giving us like more of a proportional voice in the process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we got way more say than we really deserved in terms of numbers mm-hmm. and importance, like a real importance. And, and now we're just another one of the fucking tiny Midwest. Yeah, it's just a rebalancing. I mean, really. Yeah. We've been nerfed. But yeah. Um, <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> just how about just the fucking national primary? Uh, like, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know that it, like we pretty well went over the reasons why, but like, yeah, <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Yeah. If this was really about, you know, representing the values of democratic voters and, and being fair to everyone, we would just all vote at once. 
like a real election. <laughs> yeah, but one vote for one person, that doesn't give enough voices, you know, diverse voices a say. <laughs> yeah. That's too complicated. Maybe, maybe on your ballot, they do like the racial checkbox right. thing, like the demographic the stuff that you have to do in surveys. Yeah, <laughs> weight the votes differently. One it's third, an honor system thing. Yeah. Don't say you're black if you're not black five, on the five ballot. Five-thirds of a vote. How about that? <laughs> it's still a secret ballot, but you have to be honest. If you're white, you have to check white. Mm-hmm. And then you get 0.8 of a vote. Yeah. If you're really a good Democrat, you will accept the system as it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, there's a quote from C.J. Peterson, oh, the boy. Stonewall Caucus chair of the Iowa Democratic Party, and also formerly of OPAC, but they didn't mention that here. Uh, and he basically says that he supports the change in the schedule, and if uh, if it comes to the uh, the central, if it comes to the state central committee, he will vote in favor of. Uh, stripping iowa of all of its importance he's a traitor <laughs> <laughs> yeah it'll be interesting to see how the um state party fares without the caucus um they will have to maybe focus on some different things they'll have was to cj peterson a, a Buttigieg guy i can't remember um he he was a bernie guy uh-huh. but he got a delegate spot as a yang delegate is that how he clarified that? I yeah, I, I think he said that he, it was like either he like switched allegiances to Yang to get him a delegate rather than like Klobuchar or Biden, something maybe like something like that. Yeah. So we'll give him a break for that. CJ, like, <laughs> uh, like I've said, has grown on us the most of any of the OPEC people. He seems like. Yeah, CJ is a fine person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. Cool. we're not shitting on good faith Democrats. A lot of these people have. You know, like they believe what they believe and they're sincere about it. And that's good. <laughs> I would say that's a good thing to have people sincere about their beliefs. Um, yeah. But yeah, just the whole national party, it doesn't doesn't bring a lot of hope in the kind of candidates that are going to come no. out in the future. God, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I did have a couple more things I wanted to read about the caucus and then I will play some voicemails we received. Yes. All right. this is a message that uh ross wilburn chair of the iowa democratic party sent to everyone who's on the email list that i don't remember how i got on small rural states like iowa must have a voice in our presidential nominating process democrats cannot forget about entire groups of voters in the heart of the midwest without doing significant damage to the party for a generation (laughs) as if they haven't already yeah (laughs) I'm proud of the commitment Iowa Democrats have made to advancing diverse presidential candidates over the years, which means that we nominated Obama. Uh, (laughs) It's disappointing to see a characterization of caucuses that does not reflect the historic reforms that we proposed. So people may not have heard about this, but they have proposed reforms to the Iowa caucus to make it easier for people to participate. Mm -hmm. Let you mail in a ballot. Yeah. The new Iowa caucuses will be a simplified vote-by-mail process that increases accessibility and grows our party. Sounds good. So I was curious about some details about that, because being able to participate in the caucus without having to stand around for hours, it does seem like an improvement. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, John Deeth, who works at the uh, Johnson County something office, he, he <laughs> tweets a lot about like party shit, and um, somebody replied to him with these images that ross wilburn sent to county chairs about the uh, updated 
processes that they're proposing. So this is from a tweet from at liberally salted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Iowa caucus pro- process before caucus day. Uh, so on January 2nd, 2024, this is the first day for the Iowa Democratic Party to receive requests by mail or online portal and send preference cards to registered Iowa Democrats. So you would have to request that they send you the caucus uh, document for you to fill out the ballot or whatever. All right, they're calling it a preference card. And then 14 to 28 days prior to the in-person caucus, the IDP chair opens the non-present participation period of the caucuses. Caucus goers may return their preference cards by mail, in-person, or Dropbox. The non-present participation period will continue for at least 14 days. During this time, Democrats may continue to request a preference card. So there's a period of two weeks, two weeks before the caucus, Mm -hmm. where you can vote by mail or turn in your your preference card or whatever. And then five days prior to the in-person caucus, that's the last day to postmark or hand return your preference card. One day prior to the in-person caucus is the deadline for the Iowa Democratic Party to receive mailed preference cards postmarked by the deadline. Okay, now we have reached caucus day. So on the day, the Iowa Democratic Party will release the raw caucus results by a time. Raw caucus. To the public. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Let me read that again. Sorry. The Iowa Democratic Party. No, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, Will release the raw caucus results by a time certain to the public. Okay. Yeah. I love this convoluted (laughs) bullshit. This rock so far. This is so simple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Normal people are going to like this. <laughs> caucus site coordinators will receive both the raw results and delegate allocation results for all precincts at their site and announce the number of delegates to be elected for each candidate in each precinct. So all, all the mail and stuff has to come before and be tallied before the actual caucus day because you have to have that information to conduct the caucus to elect delegates and stuff. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Judging by last time, uh, I hope they don't use an app to do this. Yeah. I hope hey there's yo. not a snowstorm during that uh, time between when they <laughs> need to be postmarked and when they need to be delivered. Yeah. There's two more steps here. Uh, oh, there's more? Will elect, yeah. Elect <laughs> delegates according to the allocation determined by non present participation and announced by site coordinators. <laughs> okay. And. The last step is the caucuses will continue with the election of precinct committee members and platform submissions. Okay. So, what so, do we need to show for ever. again? Like, what's... <laughs> you don't. So you only you mail need to show up, thing. I think, to do the insider party bullshit. Yeah, if you want to be a delegate. The part that a normal normal person would want to participate in, you can just request a mail-in ballot and be done with it. So, I mean, overall, it does sound like an improvement, but there's a lot of steps where they can fuck up again. And please just abandon the caucus. Yeah, entirely. like if we're not going to be first in the nation, then like who cares? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like do it's, the it's easiest system, please. Yeah, if you actually care about accessibility and all that. Yeah, because it's still like which I mail in still sucks. Like, <laughs> yeah, true. I I think that they do care about accessibility, but they like also have this pressure to like continue this tradition because there's so much money and media attention involved yeah they can't completely give it up and actually do the right thing (laughs) yeah and and that tradition you know (laughs) jamie harrison he's right yeah 
All right. Uh, ready for a couple of uh, voicemails? Yeah. Am I ever. All right. So everyone, uh, episode 100 was very heavy on the voicemails. Mm-hmm. But uh, as I said, we will continue accepting voicemails and playing them on the show in perpetuity. So if you would like to call us for any reason, uh-huh. the phone number is 319 319- Eight four nine eight seven three three. I would also like to extend an open invitation to anybody who needs any kind of life advice whatsoever, or maybe has some kind of big decision they need to make, to leave a message for me specifically, because I would love to uh, spend some time on an episode one day, uh, sharing my thoughts on your your um, your situation and how I can help and cure you. So <laughs> please reach out to me. Okay. Yeah. If if you're a listener who who maybe has been around since the beginning and you miss the times where Chuck was here every episode. Uh, that's probably the best way to yeah. get him back is to give him his own advice. Show. <laughs> yes. Let me help you. <laughs> uh, again, that number is three, one, nine, eight, four, nine, eight, seven, three, three. We'd love to hear from you. And here's the first one we got for today. Hey, this is Trab again. I do not appreciate you, me putting you, you putting me on your raucous podcast. When I tell you not to email my mother, Mavis, I tell you not to put me on your internet show, I know a lot of guys with F-150s, and they got big round bellies, and they all have big property out in Adel Uh-oh. for their sons, Hanson, Adel. they're all named Hanson, ride around on four-wheelers all day, and they all have truck guns. Oh. They are all armed like Blackwater, and oh, they, they're the strongest guys. They've got they got tacticals. Guts. Huge guts. <laughs> Fucking huge. <laughs> Clear sign of power. That's... Not maybe we should stop talking about this guy. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to stir up this hive. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's clear the air a little bit. the The Nipper feud is honestly pretty one sided. It is. Uh, it is. Trab, your mother Mavis uh, seems to misunderstand a lot of social media and even things as simple as email. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I would recommend to you and all of your siblings to maybe disconnect the Ethernet cable on the back <laughs> of your mother's computer. This would save her a lot of trouble. Just keep her out of these online spaces because she doesn't know how they work. Um, Just lock everything on her computer except for solitaire. <laughs> and, you know, while while I've got you, because you're probably listening still, Trab, uh, your brother Grant still owes me $30 uh-huh. from hmm. like 10 10 years ago wow. or so um he was he was down on his luck he you know he has trouble getting a job mm-hmm. because of what he says anyway are his fabric mm-hmm. allergies i think we all know that he's exaggerating that because he really just doesn't doesn't want to work a day job which doesn't want to wear clothes either yeah. which is fine too but <laughs> yeah causes some problems with getting a job and mm-hmm. social etiquette stuff. Yeah. So, I think it's yeah. a little more than 30 now these days with uh, with inflation, so maybe we'll do yeah, the math on that true. afterwards and we'll reach out to you. And depending on how much yeah, it is, what about we'll have to send, send the boys too. after you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, I felt bad for him. He really wanted to buy the new Super Smash Bros. I was like, all right, I'll, I can loan you the money. Yeah, but, yeah, you get it. But he and I were very clear we had an agreement that he would pay me back this money, and it's been... Years and years, he's been ducking my calls. Members of your family pretend not to know who I am, etc. So, listen, if there's anyone who should be threatening anyone with big guts and guns and trucks, I should be threatening you. I agree. Justin has 
Ken Pendle's Sonic comics to buy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This guy's, uh, I think he's trying to punch above his weight here a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, we can we can move on from that one. We've got another voicemail here. This one's a bit longer. Uh, from what I listen to, though, it is very relevant to the caucus discussion. So All right. we'll have more more to discuss there. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's your boy. It's Aaron yet again. Thank you for reading or listening to my voicemail from your 100th episode. You're it welcome. It is my lifelong dream to be on a podcast, and this is as close as I will be. So thank you to my dear friends. Dream bigger. Um, I, I have other <laughs> stories, actually. You know, I didn't want to spend, shoot all my load on the biggest one, as, as, it, is, <laughs> as it is said. Mm-hmm. Um, but this Common one analogy. is, I think, of particular relevance to you all. After all, it is in your title. Uh, this one is in relation to the 2020 caucuses. The only, the first and only time I have ever and will ever caucus. <laughs> um, I happen to have been graced by the presence at my caucus location by none other than Travis Kelsey's uh, new girlfriend, uh, Claire Kelsey. That's right. She, she is my state senator, and she mm-hmm. was there that night. She gave a lovely, rousing speech. Everyone was very charmed by her and very happy that she was there. Um, but she rat-fucked us, and let me tell you how and why. So after the first um, count that they do, uh, Pete had three votes, enough for three votes. Disgusting. We hated it. Boo. Uh, the Bernie <laughs> section had enough for two, and we're not too far behind him, just just far enough, you know. And the Klobuchar side had one, and the Biden side had one. But... Uh, Poor Claire Kelsey, boo-hoo-hoo, her Liz Warren team was one person shy of having one vote to move, or one point to go through. How the fuck do you do this stupid fucking thing? <laughs> delegate. She was begging our, begging our team, please State just delegate, turn over one more. Please just turn wait, over one no more. Actually, actually say, no, you come over here so we can actually, you know, uh, win. But eventually the, the, the cutoff line is made. And all the Liz Warren people have to go somewhere else, or they can just like stay there and sit there for two hours. So a go lot home. of them bless yeah. their hearts, make the correct decision, and come over to the Bernie team. I guess not a lot, maybe like in, in, enough, in, enough, come over to us. But what does what does Claire Kelsey do? What does noted state senator and Local fixture Claire Kelsey decided to do. Did she decide to go with, you know, the winning team to maybe um, beat that nasty little creature, Pete Buttigieg? Mm, no, no, I don't think she does. Rat I think man. she makes the really fucking obvious and stupid poor decision and brings more than a dozen people with her over to the Klobuchar side. Uh... This is enough to give Klobuchar two fucking points. So this is where I learned that Google Voice has a three-minute uh, limit. Oh. <laughs> and Aaron got cut off there. Uh, this is Aaron who told us a story about Zach Walls and his mother on uh-huh. episode 100. Um, mm-hmm. But while we're you know in between his voicemails, he did bring up a, a, a point that I don't think we talked about before. Another reason that Iowa Democratic leaders want to keep the caucus here, at least some of them, is because it's so opaque and complicated and it gives them opportunities to do shit like this. It's a good Whereas point. If like, you know, your average person doesn't know the rules and it's just, they're like 
trying to figure out how the fuck to vote for Bernie <laughs> in this high school gymnasium or whatever. <laughs> like the people who actually understand the rules or at least are in positions of authority because they don't always follow or even know the rules. Mm-hmm. They have way more influence and power over that situation. Like, yeah, they can influence people in the room because they are coming from a position of authority or they can even, you know, cheat and tip the scales very easily because no one knows what's like going that on. coin flip video. Right. There's many of those videos. <laughs> yeah. It's like clearly cheating yeah. on the coin flip. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys have, point. I can't remember. Did you guys have anybody that just left at your caucus after their candidate was found not viable? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a, a guy, Tulsi he was guy like, who did that. Tulsi. Oh, guy. yeah. Well, I think we might have. I don't think we even had any Tulsi, but there are some Yang people who went home. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, me too. They had like two different Yang people give speeches first for some nice. reason. <laughs> and this one guy, he was like, uh, he's like, I voted for Ted Cruz in the last election. Oh, I remember the story. <laughs> like, I'm now. here yeah. to vote for Yang, and then like <laughs> a Yang wasn't viable, so he was like, "Fuck it," and just went home. <laughs> we had we had one Yang guy that good. like made it a big show of him uh, leaving. He like held up his Yang sign and like slowly walked out the door, like rotating <laughs> in circles so everyone could see it. <laughs> and then there was a, a lady there for Klobuchar who literally stomped out of the room like with her arms oh, folded, wow. which That's was awesome. really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I, I would prefer they they do something like that than the bullshit where someone like tries to curry favor from like the other groups. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh well, if if you give me a delegate seat, I'll vote for your candidate. And I, like, yeah, yeah, I was voting for fucking Hickenlooper just to be the only one in the room voting for Hickenlooper, so that someone would have to win me over. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Did you guys have Bloomberg guys at yours or no? We had like four. Uh, I, don't, of them, I, don't I think, think at first. So. Really, that's funny. he hadn't yeah. even like yeah. announced yet. That's funny. Yeah, he wasn't participating in the Iowa caucuses. <laughs> Well, F- Fred Hubble famously uh, caucused for Bloomberg. That's right. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get the, the rest of Aaron's right. uh, story here. You hang up on... Don't you ever hang up on me again. Anyway, <laughs> as I was saying, <laughs> so, Sorry. For those keeping track at home, this gives Pete 3, Bernie 2, Klobuchar 2, Biden 1. So Pete gets more points, but everyone else combined... Outscores him. Nobody wins. Nobody fucking wins. Because <laughs> Claire Kelsey goes over to this fucking Klobuchar team, and the first thing she does when she goes over there, I swear to God, first thing she does is she goes over there and she, like, high-fives the main Klobuchar dude who was there, the one who spoke about Klobuchar and how everyone should go to Klobuchar. She high-fives him. And my conspiratorial brain immediately goes, they planned this. They fucking knew. They knew. They said, if one of us isn't viable, we'll go over to your team and we'll fuck Oh, absolutely. Bernie. That's exactly what they fucking did. Mm-hmm. Yep. And after all was said and done, I go up to Senator Claire Kelsey and I say, I fucking saw what you just did. <laughs> you did that on purpose to rat fuck Bernie. It's disgusting. It's useless. And I'm never voting for you ever. And so I, and nice. her face just fell as I told her this. But I, you know what? I don't regret it. She deserves it. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. And I have, I have a lot, a lot of, a lot of other caucus stories from that night because we had maybe one of the most miserable caucus experiences ever. Um, there was a 5-2 manlet who claimed his brother was a Vermont state trooper <laughs> and that the Bernie Sanders' sons were corrupt and were running the state. Like it was on some walking tall, Beef with tea pusser shit. It was insane. <laughs> Just an absolute madhouse. I hate the caucus. 
may it die forever. Peace. <laughs> Love the show. Bye. Amen. Oh, Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> That's a good one to end it on. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being 5'2", okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, again, the number, if you would like to call in like Aaron and Trab did today, is 319-849-8733. We'd love for you to call in and kill some time for us on this podcast. Uh, anything else we need to discuss today, or are we set? What are you guys having for lunch? I think we're good. I already ate. Yeah, I had a, ba- a bagel with a turkey <laughs> a and mustard on it, like kind of a sandwich that thing. That sounds good. It was all right, yeah. Real cheap, just slap it together. Yeah. Yeah, I had a uh, roast beef sandwich and some barbecue chips and that a sounds pretty good. Um, solid clementine. Yeah. Okay, a balanced meal, barbecue chips and clementine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a roast beef sandwich. I like it. It's like the food pyramid. It's all there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I think that's probably it for today. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, I gotta head to work pretty soon. Uh, we're gonna close uh-huh. out this episode with some music by the band moon rabbit this is another group from ames so we're getting a lot of ames musical representation recently uh you can find their music at moonrabbitband.bandcamp.com and just like the phone number uh if you would like to participate in the music section of the the podcast which is the final like minute and a half of every episode uh you can submit your own music or your friend's music if you have their permission uh by going to rockhardcock.us and clicking the uh how did i label that there's like submit section at the top of the page yeah just click on iowa music after the word submit and you can send us uh, your music and i will buy the music on bandcamp which i know means a lot to people like me anyway Mm -hmm. well thanks Mm -hmm. for listening everybody and here is some moon rabbit thank you evan and chuck this was very fun always yes sir episode that no one asked for (laughs) 